is the way to wonder. Welcome to the Money Better Podcast, brought to you by Union Bank and Trust in Lincoln, Nebraska. Get ready for an authentic conversation about how to do money better by making financial decisions that are right for you. Money doesn't have to be a scary topic anymore. Instead, let's get real about the lessons others have learned, then find ways to use those experiences to get it right. I'm your host, Caitlin Moore. Let's chat. Welcome, everyone, to the Money Better podcast brought to you by UBT in Lincoln, Nebraska. This is season two, episode two, and we're talking about giving, giving from your heart, your experiences, and from your business. And today I am joined by Angie Muehlheisen. She is the president and CEO of Union Bank and Trust. And thank you so much, Angie, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So before we start with our questions, I just want to ask you if you'll just give us a little summary of who you are and what you do at the bank. Okay. Well, I'm a small town girl. I grew up in Milford, Nebraska, which is about 25 miles west of Lincoln. And then I came to Lincoln to go to school. I went to Nebraska Wesleyan University and I've been at the bank. This is hard for me to even say this. I've been here in December, 40 years. Oh my gosh. I've been here longer than most people have been alive, but it's been an awesome, awesome ride. And I'm married. My husband's a civil engineer and we have two children, Alicia, who's an OBGYN and our son, Jason, who is an attorney. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that intro of who you are. And we're going to do some fun questions towards the end to get to know you a little bit better on kind of a more relaxed side of things. But I do want to dive in to the idea of corporate giving. So when this podcast airs, we're going to be right in the middle of our corporate United Way campaign. And this happens every year at UBT. I'm on the committee this year, so I'm very excited to be a part of it. And I want to talk about that because it's such an important part of our culture here at UBT. So I want to ask you, why is that important to you? I think it it goes to the absolute essence of who we are here at Union Bank and the essence of our philosophy of how we do business. Mm-hmm. And I really mean this. We care about each other. Mm-hmm. We care about our customers and we care about the communities that we serve. And I just feel that from the depths of my soul (laughs) that we need to care about all three of those different communities and give back. Yeah, absolutely. I have definitely felt that in the culture here at UBT since I've been here for two and a half years. Um, It's surprising. It surprised me right away how giving this company is. And um, you you not only have promoted this idea of corporate giving and the United Way campaign, but you also give us an opportunity as employees to volunteer as a part of our job, to volunteer and go out. Why is that important for us as a corporation to be going out in the community and giving our time? Well, I think, first of all, our employees have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they want to do it. It's not mm-hmm. me pushing people to do it. And that's what I love about it the most. Yeah. People have organizations in the community that mean a lot to them. And it's important to me that they are able to support those. Mm -hmm. And so it's not something like it's a big corporate thing that people have to give of their time. People that work here want to. Mm -hmm. And so I want to support that because it's their passion when they're not at work. A lot of these people that work at the bank, it's their passion to help these organizations. And so why not foster that? And why not support that? Yeah, I think that's awesome. You as an individual and within your family, is, is was that something you grew up doing, giving your time or resources or volunteering, things like that? Was that just kind of ingrained in you or is that something you brought into the UBT culture when you became the CEO? Well, I think this story says it all. My parents, they sponsored two Vietnamese families 
that came from Vietnam to the United States back mm -hmm. in the 70s when that was very prevalent. And there were a mm -hmm. lot of refugees that were resettling. And one day when I came home from school, I walked in my house and literally almost every stick of furniture was out of our first floor of our home. Hmm. And I went to my mom and I said, what in the world is going on here? We have no furniture. And my mom kind of laughed and she said, well, your father felt that there was someone else that needed this furniture more than us. And that has spoke volumes to me my entire life. And I've seen my parents, they're still both alive. They are the most giving people you will ever meet. And so they instilled that need to give into their children. And I, I feel it's a joyful way of life. Mm -hmm. I really mean that. If you're a giver, you get much more joy from giving than people realize. Yeah, that's great. That's really interesting. So it was instilled in you as a young woman, and then you brought it into the culture of UBT, which is really important. Um, well, it was here when I got here. I mean, I okay. didn't, it wasn't my, I think it was really, I have to give credit to my father. That's his philosophy. And I agree with that philosophy. That's great. That's awesome. So let's go, let's talk about United Way and Chad. So that's our big campaign. They just do amazing things in, in Lincoln and Lancaster County. Why is that? Why was that chosen for UBT as the corporate campaign focus? Well, I think we chose it because they do such a good job of vetting who needs the funds. Mm. And they have, you know, committees that actually study what are the needs in our community and how do we best fulfill them and what which agencies in our community do fulfill those needs. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing that's very attractive to me that the, the agencies are being vetted. Mm -hmm. And I think the other reason we chose them is it's all about human services and helping the human service needs in our community. And that's very attractive to me also, as well mm -hmm. as they work a lot with youth. It's a combination of factors, but the credibility of United Way, mm -hmm. along with the human service needs, is what attracts me to using United Way as our sole corporate bank-wide focus. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What is the message that you would love our community to hear or see through UBT by the act of giving that we do? So we give to United Way, but we also have the allowance of going out into the community as we choose as employees to give our time um, to volunteer with them. So what's, what's kind of the message that you would like the community to see within the UBT umbrella? I would like them to see that by giving, we just make our community better for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it can be a small thing. It can be a big thing. It can be an hour of your time. And you can't believe what an impact even just one little hour can make. The mm -hmm. same with dollars. It doesn't have to be huge dollars. The dollars add up as long as everybody contributes. Mm -hmm. And so the difference we can make, it's real. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be huge to make an impact. I give to a number of different nonprofits in Lincoln, and they each have their unique focus, and they each have a unique way of helping our community. And I love helping them. Okay. Well, let's move on. I would really love our listener to get to know you a little bit better. Um, I think it's, it's, it's such an honor for me to be interviewing you on Money Better as the CEO and president of the company that I just love working for and so many people do. So I would just love to get to know you better and have our listener get to know you better. So I have this little timer here that's about three minutes and I would okay. just love to throw some rapid fire questions at you. Don't think too hard on them. So first question, what is a money moment you are proud of? Okay. When I was little, my parents, when we turned 13, we all got checking accounts. And they put a certain amount in our checking account every six months. 
And I never once ran out of money. <laughs> and, my sis- and my sister ran out every time. And my mom would say, you know, you're probably going to be good with money because you know how to handle it responsibly. And I've always been proud of that. That's great. What's the dumbest or the silliest thing you've ever bought? Okay. The dumbest is probably I have bought clothes that have sat in my closet (laughs) and the tags never come off. And I've really tried to stop that because it's absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) So that is so frustrating to me if I buy something and then I don't Mm -hmm. eventually wear it. And I have done it. Is there anything silly that you've bought? I bought an air fryer during COVID. (laughs) Did you use it? (laughs) Once. (laughs) And maybe we'll use it again. Actually, it makes really good French fries. There you go. I think that's all they're good for, to be honest. (laughs) What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten about money? Live below your means and Mm -hmm. you'll never have a problem. And I really believe in that. Yep. Absolutely. If I gave you a million dollars to spend in 24 hours and you had to spend it all, what would you spend it on? I'd spend a lot of it on travel. Mm -hmm. I would give some to charity and I might buy myself something that I wouldn't typically buy myself. Okay. All right. Very nice. Last question. What is a weird fact about you? I have both skydived and hitchhiked. Those would be fun stories to hear about. (laughs) Hitchhiked. I hope it wasn't recently. (laughs) No, no, this is a long time ago. That's awesome. So I always give our guests a chance to ask me a question. Um, If there's anything you'd want to know or think the listener would want to know about me. I want to know what makes you so passionate about helping people learn about finance because Mm -hmm. the job that you have, it's a tough one. I'm just curious what motivates you uh, doing that job. Yeah. Well, like I said, my former career and all my education is in social services. And so I've always had a passion to bring people um, into a better situation than they're in. So it's always been a passion of mine. I've been in the foster care world, the adoption world, um, working with social services here in Lincoln and, and in Colorado. And when I came to the bank, which was kind of an accident that I I got here, and then this job became available, even my former boss in retirement services said, Caitlin, you have to apply for this job. It has your name written all over it because it was a mix between what I was really good at, which was teaching and relationship building and social services. It was using the talents that I had at the bank and numbers and bringing it into the culture that needed it, helping people get out of the cycle of poverty is so important to me. And it was when I came to the bank that the job I get to do now as a financial coach and writing curriculum for the financial literacy program gives me an opportunity to help people get out of that cycle and better their lives. Even if it's several generations from now, if we can start with a foundational piece, that's what I'm passionate about is just getting people to a better place um, than they were yesterday. And if the only place to start is financially, then I want to do that. So that's deep, deep rooted passion in people and relationships with people. Well, and it's got to be gratifying. It is. It's very fun. It's very hard, <laughs> yeah. um, but it is gratifying. And I think, I think most people at the bank could say if they really like their job and it's a career and not a job, they're going to say that it's, it's satisfying to help our customers and our clients along the way get to where they want to go. So, yep. yeah. Well, thank you for that question. Thank you so much for being on money better today. I, I really appreciate it, Andy. And thank you. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on money better today. Yep. Glad to do it. These are the words we say. This is a chance.
In each Money Better episode, we highlight a community partner that is doing money better. Whether it is a nonprofit, a customer, or an expert in the field, our goal is to learn from their strengths and introduce you to resources that can help you do money better too. Featuring these people and organizations through our podcast is just a small part of UBT's larger mission to elevate the communities we serve. Welcome to our community partner segment of episode two of season two. I'm super excited about our guests today. They are from United Way and Chad, and we have Megan Leesfeld. She began serving as the executive director of United Way in Lincoln and Lancaster County of February of 2020. And she has resided in Lincoln for nearly 20 years. Her and her husband, John, have two children and enjoy just the connectedness of Lincoln, which we talk about a lot on this podcast. So I just love that that was in your bio. And we also have Mark Fight. He is the Lincoln director of CHAD since 2015. And prior to that, he served as the regional director of development for one of CHAD's 23 member charities. He has spent 20 years working in Lincoln and radio before that, and he lives in Lincoln now with his wife, Bailey, and their three dogs. So I just want to thank you both for being on Money Better today. Thank you for the opportunity. Glad to be here. Yeah, We appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. So I want to ask both of you, just tell a little bit about what you do and the organization that you work for. So Megan, you want to go first? Happy to. Uh, thank you for the introduction. Uh, as you said, I have had the opportunity to serve as the executive director of the United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County for just about a year and a half. So um, if you're doing the math, that is just ahead of when our community and communities across the uh, nation and the world were hit by the pandemic. So it has been a really mm-hmm. um interesting and important time to be at United Way. And it's been really an honor to uh, be in this uh, role and have an opportunity to serve our community during a really challenging time. Um, And so what we do at United Way is uh, we really are an organization focused on um, helping everyone in our community um, have opportunity to have a great life. And uh, with the way that we do that is really to focus on kind of what we consider to be the building blocks um, of a good life, which is, which is education, good health, um, and, and financial stability. And so that's the areas in which we focus, in which we work, and we work with some incredible uh, partners in the community. Uh, our nonprofit community is amazing in Lincoln, and uh, we work to to raise funds to support the programming that they're doing that that makes all of that possible for our community members. So that's a little bit about me and my role. Yeah. I'm looking forward to talking to you more about this because you came in right, like you said, right before the pandemic, that's how I started my job. So we all had this plan of how things were going to go. And then the pandemic hit and I'm sure you all at United Way went, okay, hold up. We got to, we got to regroup on this. And so I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about, about your introduction to that role and how that began with the pandemic. Yeah. So Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about Chad? Sure. Caitlin, thank you. Uh, Chad is a a statewide federation. We're based in Omaha, but we're statewide. Uh, Chad stands for combined health agencies drive. And we have this amazing partnership with United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County. And so officially it is the United Way Chad campaign. Uh, Although uh, we know that a lot of the time that gets shorthanded to the United Way campaign and and that's just fine. We kind of (laughs) work in the background to serve our charities. So we fund 23 health charities that focus on chronic health conditions and end of life issues. And I mentioned that we're a statewide organization uh, because 
if you're suffering from a chronic illness, if you're living with type one diabetes or Alzheimer's disease uh, or breast cancer, whatever that is, your health needs are the same, whether you live mm -hmm. in McCook or uh, mm -hmm. Omaha. And uh, so it's about access to healthcare, access to medications, access to support. And mm -hmm. so, uh, so the charities that we fund work in all of those areas. They do, uh, they do some research, they do some care and support, they do education, they answer the phone when people need it, they uh, offer resources, connect people with, with resources, um, and we're, we're happy to help them do that. Chad is more of the healthcare side of things. And then the rest of the campaign with United Way is kind of everyone else. How I explain it, because, uh, and Megan will, I'm sure, talk more about this. There are three pillars that United Way funds in education and health and financial stability. And, mm -hmm. and so the pillar that we uh, are under is health, but okay. health doesn't just mean chronic health. In my world, it does mean chronic health conditions, end of life issues, but health also means mental health. And, and so mm -hmm. that's where United Way and Chad really come together under that health pillar uh, to okay. support to support people that, that have needs in that area. Awesome. Well, I have a ton of questions that I wanna talk about, but Megan, why don't you tell us a little bit about when you came into your role at United Way at the beginning of the pandemic, kind of where you, you thought it was going to be, and then what was the switch like when the pandemic hit in March of 2020 last year? Yeah, that is a great question. Uh, you know how you start most new roles with kind of a 90-day plan in mind, or maybe mm -hmm. that's just, that, that That was what I did. No, it's true, um, yeah. Whether most people do that or that was just me. I, I, I walked in the door with a 90-day a plan um, that I found hidden in a drawer um, about two months ago, and it made me laugh um, because mm -hmm. that's where it's been for the last year. Yep. Um, and, you know, I really... It's, it's really interesting. Um, and it was actually fun to go back and look at it because really what that 90 day plan was about um, was it sort of an, an engagement and in, in, an effort to listen and learn from our community. So I actually came from a funded partner agency of United Way. I spent the last 15 years before coming to United Way at Cedars. Mm -hmm. um, so really had a, a depth of understanding about uh, the role that our, our uni that, that our United Way plays mm -hmm. in um, uh, helping our community nonprofits. Um, but I still recognized that there was probably a lot I didn't know. And so my desire was to really learn and understand more about the role that United Way plays um, in bringing the community together around solutions. Um, and the, the truth of the matter is I got to see that um, better than I probably could mm -hmm. have yeah. um, sitting around a coffee table for, for, you know, 90 days, which was how I envisioned it. Um, but instead what I saw was everyone um, in our community take all of their plans um, and all of their ideas for how they were going to support our community and throw them <laughs> together into a big pile and figure out how to do it all differently. Um, and one of the things that I have always loved about Lincoln is that Lincoln really understands. And I think our nonprofit community has always really understood that we are better together. Mm -hmm. um, we all have areas uh, that if we focus on those and we partner um, with others across the community, um, and, and that allows us to all work within our area of strength. If we do that well, uh, everybody in our community benefits. 
Mm -hmm. and um, benefits from the strength of what it is that we have to give. We heard Mark just talk about the partnership that we have with Chad. They do that support work um, of our health charities incredibly, incredibly well. Um, And our work focuses on um, support for the health and human services uh, work that's happening in the area of education and financial stability and also in health. Um, but you know, it's the strength of that partnership uh, that allows us both to do what we do really well, that, that ultimately benefits the community in the best way. And that is what I saw happen. Um, and that is, uh, you know, from our perspective, what I really thought I would do is, is it's a, how, how can we help you? What can we do? Um, but, but the answer was everybody just needed to kind of rewrite that script together. And by, because we were all already working in our areas of strength and had great collaborations, you just mm-hmm. saw that kind of, that, that kind of amp up. It was like collaboration on, on steroids. And what that looked like for United Way was um, for us, that was how do we, how do we take what's happening in our community? Um, and how do we remove the burden of communicating that as best we can? Um, from our agencies who were just working to meet the needs. They were working night and day to meet the need. Mm-hmm. Um, so how could we support them by sharing the message of the need and the opportunities to be a part of the solutions with our community? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was where we focused. That was what we could do in that moment to best support mm-hmm. um, our community and our nonprofit community. And that was so that's that's what we do. We we take we take those those opportunities to um, share with others what's needed, what the realities are, and then try to help bring resources to those. And and that was that was really important. That became um, really I think in a more focused way. Um, our complete goal. <laughs> yeah. Share what's needed, help people understand what's happening in our community and bring resources to bear to that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Even in my role last year, I just saw so much of our community do exactly what you're describing and United Way kind of coming alongside all of them in that um, kind of impact piece of the puzzle. It was very interesting to be in my role, being introduced to everything. Uh, My background's in social services. So I've worked with a lot of the agencies that United Way supports, but from their side of things, like you were at Cedars and I was, I was also in like the foster care world. And um, so it was interesting to be on this side of things, watching how the collaboration of of agencies and nonprofits within Lincoln and greater Lincoln just kind of came together and said, how do we take care of our people um, but without recreating the wheel? And we need to do it now. We need to do it yesterday. We don't have time to think about this anymore. We have to, we have to do something. Um, so it was really nice to see all that collaboration. I'm curious how it was on the healthcare side, especially um, Mark, with you working with agencies outside of Lincoln, so you get a you get a bigger, broader visual of how collaboration works from a statewide standpoint. So, how did that look last year as the pandemic hit our communities? I'm going to break that into into a couple of ways because a lot of our charities, what what happened and the problem was that you lost that personal touch. Mm. Uh, you couldn't just drive over to 70th and A and go visit the Alzheimer's Association office right. for. Uh, you know, a shoulder to cry on, as it were, mm. or information about a recent diagnosis. It, it, it was it was a month of how do we do this, mm. or maybe two months, and then everyone figured out Zoom and and Teams and 
blue jeans and uh there's <laughs> six or seven other virtual programs that i'm not remembering mm-hmm. uh everyone kind of figured that out uh and then and then you started to see it go the other way where people in um i'll go back to mccook benkelman pick your small town in in nebraska people realized that hey i wait i can connect with a support group now that's run out of uh hastings Mm-hmm. And I don't have to drive two hours to get to it. Mm. So where it started uh, in a in a really bad way of isolating people, it ended uh, helping that connection. Mm. the The other way that it was uh, it, where it was most impacted was uh, care of our elders. And two of our charities, the Nebraska Healthcare Foundation and the Nebraska Hospice and Palliative Care Association deal with those end of life issues in assisted living and skilled nursing facilities specifically, but also in home care uh, and hospice care. What they, uh, and I'm sure you know, what they found out very quickly was that they couldn't get the personal protective equipment they needed. They couldn't get gowns. They couldn't get masks. They couldn't get mm-hmm. the N95 masks. They couldn't get the right. the, the hair cover, head coverings. None of that was available. Mm-hmm. And uh, and hand sanitizer. I remember early in the pandemic. It was probably maybe it was May of last year. I saw a Facebook post from a friend of mine that runs a skilled nursing facility in Lincoln, and she said that she couldn't get um, rubbing alcohol. They have mm-hmm. some patients that uh, are diabetic, and they couldn't test their blood sugar. They couldn't give them injections Hmm. because they couldn't clean the area before they did that. And that really resonated with me. I live with diabetes. And so I put a post out on Facebook, shared it and asked my friends to help. And, uh, and that was, that was pretty cool that people started buying rubbing alcohol bottles when they saw them at Walmart and Mm -hmm. sending me a message. And I drove around and rode my bike around and picked a a couple of boxes of stuff up and and went and, uh, and shared it. But that was the reality for uh, so many um, yeah. people and facilities that were caring for our elders during COVID that they had to, uh, it was just, it was scary. People were, um, employees were living in uh, their, mm-hmm. they moved into their facilities. They right. uh, asked for campers and lived in the parking lot to protect their families from COVID so they could care for the, the people that they mm-hmm. care for. So it was, it was at the same time, terrifying and heartwarming. Yeah, absolutely. So at Chad, I mean, you're seeing these organizations deal with this. How did you all support them in the mix of it? The answer to that is in any way we could, mm. uh, which mainly was raising funds. Uh, okay. when, when COVID hit, of course, all in-person activities got canceled. And I'm sure we have all participated in a walk, gala, ride, some sort of fundraising event. And all of a sudden you couldn't have those. Right. So while the need only increased, uh, the funding decreased because most of our organizations, actually, I think all of our organizations, none of them uh, get any sort of funding other than personal donations. Right. And so they saw an immediate drop in revenue uh, and many of them had to lay off employees and, and some of them still haven't rehired those employees mm. because the revenue hasn't come back. So the most important thing we could do was to keep, keep stay the course and, and keep doing everything we can to, to raise money to help them do their work. Yeah. So this year, UBT's in the middle of their United Way Chad campaign when this airs. Um, so as a corporation, we raise money and we, we donate to, to United Way and Chad. And so other organizations, as they're going through their campaigns and things like that, are you seeing a shift of people willing to help 
communities willing to step up and donate and get involved? We have a real spirit of giving, I think, Mm -hmm. in our community and our role, like Chad's role um, throughout the entire pandemic was really to stay the course Mm -hmm. and continue to give people opportunity to give where they were able. And we did see um, more members of our community who were unable to give because they themselves were impacted Mm -hmm. by the pandemic um, than we might have experienced in a traditional year of just some, just through natural courses of of experiences, people who are able to give or unable to give. Um, But, uh, but the spirit was always there, I think Mm -hmm. from our community to, to step in and support one another and find opportunities to connect where they were able. Um, And so one of the things that was really interesting watching giving over the last year um, was there were, there were certainly, there were certainly companies, there were certainly people who found themselves in a very different position and they maybe weren't able to give in the ways that they traditionally would have. Um, But we also saw a lot of people and a lot of companies who said, you know what, we're doing okay. Um, And what they really did was they gave as generously as they could. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was incredible to see. So um, so we really saw giving giving reflected sort of the realities of where our community was. Um, And and, and, and I think, you know, the realities of where our community is today is that we're still in a period of transition. Um, it's easy to walk around our community now and see people unmasked to walk into a restaurant and see it full of mm-hmm. people, all of which is extremely positive. But I think there's a little danger in that, too, in thinking that because we've lost some of those visual signs of the pandemic, um, to think that the impact of the pandemic has has ended and that the needs uh, that we associate with the increased need that we associate with that period of time um, have gone back to um, maybe previous levels or pre-pandemic levels or, or have gone away. Um, and the reality is our community is really still struggling um, mm-hmm. in many, many ways. And so when we think about uh, the impact uh, on education of, uh, of our young people and what it will take to bring back our young people to the levels of education uh, that they traditionally would have experienced um, that we that we ex- that we want and expect in our community, but just simply were challenged um, uh, as a result. And we think we look at we look at food insecurity and we think, gosh. Are people in our community still really struggling with food insecurity? And the reality is yes, and at a a much higher rate um, than we're accustomed to as a community. And I think, you know, you you take a look at that across our community and and if giving is reflective of where our community is, you know, I think think we will continue to see people giving as generously as they're able. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've started to see people um, say, we, we, we want to help. We want to stay engaged. We want to continue mm-hmm. to meet the need. How is our nonprofit community doing? Uh, the reality is they're still stretched really, really thin. Um, they are still working really hard to meet mm-hmm. a sustained high level of need in our community. And I think we're mm-hmm. going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we'll be working to, um, 
to work against the impacts of the pandemic for at least another year, probably another couple of years. Um, and some of the some of the some of the, the hard impacts that we've seen. Mark mentioned mental health impact. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about you know the educational impact on our young people. Um, those are the types of. Um, those are those are those are the situations that we're going to work long term uh, yeah. to overcome as a community, and that's going to take additional resources and an additional and very intentional investment um, from our community to really help bring us all back um, to to um, to the opportunities that we maybe had before. But the reality too is uh, those needs existed before the pandemic mm-hmm. in our community, right? Um, uh, and and so so the. the you know, that, that's a, that'll be an ongoing challenge for us. And uh, we are so grateful to be part of this community in Lincoln um, uh, because it is a generous and a caring community. Um, but we will continue to need the, uh, the caring power of this community for a long time. How many agencies does United Way support in Lincoln, Lancaster County? Good question. Yeah, we partner with 41 agencies okay. all across Lincoln and Lancaster County. And uh, those agencies and the support that we're providing, Mark talked about a little bit earlier, um, are working in three pillar areas. So we're supporting programming um, for education, for financial stability, and for health. And so many of those uh, agencies work across all of this. Sure. What we know to be true about um uh, education and financial stability and health is that they're very, very interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of our organizations that are working um, to improve uh, educational outcomes or health outcomes for people in our community is that they're actually working in, in, in each of those areas in many respects because they're so interconnected. We know that right. if, if as, uh, and, Mark, and Mark can talk about this, as somebody experiences, and we saw this a lot in the last year, a negative health outcome. Uh, that can very quickly lead to um, job loss or um, hours uh, worked, and mm-hmm. with that, in, the implications for financial stability um, when you have missed earnings or mm-hmm. um, big big bills that you need to yep. pay, um, and 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 your ability to put food on the table, um, and your ability to pay for your transportation to get your child to school. All of those things mm-hmm. are very interconnected. And so um, we are working with 41 agencies who are really working on the um, the whole of a person, um, recognizing that 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 those um, each of those areas of our lives are very interconnected. Awesome. So when someone gives to United Way, the money gets split up essentially to 41 organizations. So a little a long way as far as support. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's one of the things that I love the most about United Way is we recognize that um, what we talked about a little bit earlier, it takes it takes a whole team um, mm-hmm. of people uh, working in different areas of strength to support a family. We know that um, a lot of families, most families that will connect with a nonprofit um, to really have their, their full needs met in their community, they could connect actually with up to four nonprofits in our community mm-hmm. um, or be connected to up to four nonprofits mm-hmm. in our community. And it's, it's that interconnectedness of need. Um, and, you know, I think that that's, that's why for us, it's so important um, that we fund a network 
of nonprofits right. because we recognize that at any given day, a person can walk into or pick up the phone and call one nonprofit. Um, and, uh, and, but they may call upon their partner. So if somebody mm-hmm. comes to Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach for a meal, um, but they also uh, need housing uh, and they also need clothing and they also need help finding a job. You know, there mm-hmm. is a, this entire network of nonprofits that work really closely together and connect with one another and support one another um, to meet the needs of everyone in our community. And I like that because they're each able to work in their area of strength um, and do what they do best um, to support people. And so that's why we believe really strongly in um, funding an entire network um, uh, that working to meet the needs of our community. Yeah. Well, it's awesome what you do. And I want to flip that question over to Mark. How many organizations does Chad work with within Nebraska? We have 23 member charities. And so with our agreement with the United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County, we get a a guaranteed portion of the the total that we we raise together Mm -hmm. comes to us and then gets distributed to our to our 23 charities. Uh, We also work with United Way of the Midlands in Omaha, uh, but the rest of the state we work on our own to do workplace giving campaigns and and Mm -hmm. raise as much money as we can. Yeah, that's so neat. Awesome. Well, to close us out, I have one more question, and that is, why is it important for people to be informed about the needs of their community? Well, I'll start off. They can, because they can help. They, you know, you don't know mm. you can, that you can help if you don't know what the needs are. And I think it's really important yeah. for, uh, for people to know how easy it is to give. We mentioned it earlier, even a dollar really does make a difference because with our partnership together, that one dollar is going to go to 64 agencies together. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that are working together to raise us up as, as a community, mm-hmm. uh, as friends and family. Uh, and so whether, you know, 50% of us, the data shows, are living with a chronic health condition. And the 50 that, that aren't certainly know or love someone that, that does. And sure. so chronic health affects all of us, but so does education. So does financial stability. I mean, these are, these are big problems. And what I love about United Way and Chad and our partnership together is that we are tackling these things together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an idea of giving. It's a way of giving yeah. um, that, that you have to kind of wrap your head around, I think, to understand how well it works. But, but once you do, once you take a, a few minutes to understand how we fund, why we fund, and how easy it is to help and give, uh, I, I would... I think you would be hard pressed to say, you know what, I, I, I can give you a dollar a week, sure. a dollar, a paycheck, whatever that is. Yeah. Megan, what about you? Why do you think it's important for people to be informed about needs in the community? I think it is really our responsibility to one another as community members that drives us mm. to be informed. I think it's the care and concern that we have for one another that, that fuels that, um, because really in order to be a part of a solution um, and really that's what we're focused on. We're focused on solutions and giving is one of the, one of the ways that we can be a part of the solution. Um, But before we do that, I think it's imperative that we just consistently work to stay informed. And I think that the one thing that I would say about um, being informed is that it it takes real intentionality. Maybe over the last year uh, with the pandemic, needs were more, impor- more, um, more apparent. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, it was easier to see need. Um, for some of us, uh, need is uh, something that we encounter or see or interact with on a, on a regular basis. For others, it can be really easy to go about our lives and not see the need in our community. Um, Mark, we talk about that all the time. The health needs are oftentimes unseen. Um, mental health needs are oftentimes unseen. Food insecurity can be really easy to ignore or to not see in our community. And so mm -hmm. it takes a real intentionality um, and a real desire to, um, to stay informed and to know uh, what it is that our community needs, but I think it's really a part of our responsibility to one another as community members to understand and try to uh, be a part of the solutions um, that uh, bring up our entire community and give everyone opportunity to be successful. Mm. Um, and we take that responsibility um, uh, at United Way. That's part of Chad's responsibility uh, to help people become more aware of the needs that exist in our community so that then once they see the need and understand the need mm -hmm. can help be a part of the solutions. Um, but I, like I said, I think that takes a real, a real intentionality and a real desire. But I, I know that in, in our community, um, a desire to be informed and, to, and a desire to, to be a part of the solution um, is a part of our fabric. Um, and that's one of the things I'm so grateful for. Um, when we when we go out and we start our United Way and Chad campaign each year, the energy that we are met with um, is incredible. Um, and to me, that is just, um, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to see is when you walk in the door and somebody, they, they, they want to talk about it. They want to learn. They want to hear their questions. Mm -hmm. um, I love that people want to know how people in our community are doing and what they can do to be a part yeah. of making life better for others. Um, and so I'm so grateful to be a part of a community uh, that does that. I'm grateful to Union Bank for your focus and and energy around um, solutions and around being a part of a community that gives and cares. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, uh, that's, that's why I think being informed is so important. It just helps us to be more empathetic um, yeah. and more, more connected um, both to, to one another, but also to the solutions um, that are being offered in our community um, by way of services uh, that our nonprofits are diligently providing um, as they walk alongside people in our mm -hmm. community to help them um, as they have need. Yeah. Thank you for this. Thank you for just introducing this idea of what United Way and Chad do. I am not a native Nebraskan. And so it's only been recently that I've learned about United Way and especially at UBT, I've, I've been informed, but Chad was one that I just wasn't informed about. And so I'm, I'm really glad that I've gotten some education on it. I hope the, the listener or the viewer has gotten some more education on it. I do want to ask where can people find you if they're not a part of a corporation or company that's giving in a campaign, how can one donate to United Way or get more information about their local agencies that United Way is supporting? 
Thank you for asking that question. Um, for those who are not connected to a workplace campaign, uh, but really want to be a part of so the solutions uh, for our community, they can go to our website. That's probably the easiest place to visit um, at www.unitedwaylincoln.org. Um, and there is great information there about uh, the agencies uh, that we partner with. Uh, great information about Chad and our partnership um, around fundraising um, uh, within the community and what, where those dollars go and how they support um, individuals in our community. And as the fundraiser, let me add, and a bright orange button in the top left corner that says donate now. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Megan can overlook that, but I can't. I have to say that. <laughs> no, that's great because if people want to just do a quick donation, it is there in right. orange hit the button and give. Well, thank you so much. It's just been really interesting in my capacity to just learn how much Lincoln and greater Lincoln, really, they just, they find their cause and then they go for it. And I've, I've learned a lot about people that if they cannot give with money, they give with time. I like what you said earlier, Megan, about the agencies that United Way supports. They, they existed last year prior to COVID because they were meeting a need. But now those needs have gone up. We're going to be dealing with the residual effects of COVID for a long time. And so these organizations still need donations. They still need support. They still need help in whatever capacity one can give. And so it's really important now, even though COVID has died down and it's not as apparent anymore, these organizations are still dealing with residual effects of the pandemic. So we got to give, we got to step up, do what we can and uh, utilize United Way along the way because they're, they're spreading out the donations to so many great organizations within our community. So thank you both for being here. Thank you so much for the education of United Way and Chad and best of luck to both of you in your endeavors within the organization. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank, thank you, you, Caitlin. Union Bank and Trust financial literacy materials, articles, guides, blogs, podcasts, and videos are for informational purposes only and not an advertisement for product or service. The accuracy and completeness is not guaranteed and does not constitute legal or tax advice. Please consult with your own tax, legal, and financial advisors. Member FDIC.